learning about movies. Learning about movies. Learning about movies. Let's do this. Skirt. Oh, fiddle dee dee. Spoilers ahead for the this movie that we all watched on this podcast that we're doing. Ah, strapping, strapping, folks. This is a. <laughs> It's gonna be a real hoot and a holler. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna make this the start of a callback joke. Everybody, this is a Tyler episode. <laughs> oh, I see what you're doing here. I I don't appreciate it. I agree with because I don't think it holds up when you look at the very first episode that we did. Because I liked that movie. Oh, Anywho, it was terrible. We're syndication. This is syndication, a podcast where three dudes sit down and watch a movie, uh, and then they discuss it like they're some kind of experts, even though. The point of the podcast is to become those experts. So, you know, maybe 100 episodes in, we'll be like, hmm, yes, very discerning. I know I know everything about the movies. This one, episode 7, we're doing Gone with the Wind, if you couldn't tell already. it's uh, I picked it, and... Uh, <laughs> Thanks, Tyler. <laughs> uh, it's, why it's do, you, one of why my, do you do this to us? Did we do something to upset you? It's one of my favorite movies of all time now. Um, very glad that we picked it. <clears throat> Yeah, I don't know. Like, so I, I I literally picked it because it's one of those movies that like it it's the reason that I like like floated the idea of this podcast being an education podcast for cinema. I was like, oh, let's do the movies that I've always heard about like my entire life and I've never actually seen, and I'm kind of embarrassed about it. You know, like I've heard people talk about Scarlett O'Hara and Rhett Butler and have no fucking clue what they're talking about. Now, after seeing the movie, <laughs> I know what they're talking about, which is good. I feel smarter. I feel more educated, a little more cultured. But it was not a fun time, I got to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's really basically why I picked the movie. Like, I looked at a list and went, like, that one. I've never, I've never seen that one. I've heard it a million times. I just need to... Experience, like I just need to watch it and experience it just to, just to learn something. But uh, it was... Fun was not had. No. Should we, should no. we uh, introduce oh, shit. ourselves? Yeah, or... shit. I'm Tyler Young. Hey, I'm the host. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm not doing so well today. Uh, I'm also joined by 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 two friends. Hey, I, I'm Devin Ellis. Hi, and Devin. I'm Matt. What's your What's your last name? I forget. Oh, you you wanted a callback joke. Yeah, is it? I'm from the south. And well, I frankly, dear, I don't south. give a damn. <laughs> yes, <laughs> nailed it. Um, so be, Matt uh, is living in London. As if you're listening to the podcast for a couple episodes, you 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 may know that already. But he's originally from the south. So this episode, you're gonna be you should be speaking in a southern accent, right, the whole time, like back in your native tongue. Can you do a southern accent, Matt? Yeah, I don't I think I've ever it. heard it. <laughs> uh, well, now I have performance anxiety. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, no, I can't. Dance <laughs> for us. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. I don't. Am I going to be answering for the South the entire time? Um, uh, no, because i don't i feel like you shouldn't have to be answering for america while in london and then answer to us about the south it's too much to answer for yeah and this is uh particularly i mean i'm not you know i i, I grew up in south carolina but i'm not i don't sort of have the stereotypical southern mentality um no. so this movie was outrageously offensive to me <laughs> i think if it's not offensive to you you may want to examine yourself like your your life how you feel about mm. uh let's say i don't know black people yeah um, can, and, and can we just like i i i like i already know the the sort of criticism is gonna be well this movie was made at a different time in a different culture and like i i i hear that and i still think this movie is offensive <laughs> Yeah, but you're not alone. Like, when it came out, media at large, they were like, oh, you know, this isn't the most amazing movie ever. Like, 
it's the biggest production. Um, it's the biggest spectacle ever, as far as movies go. It's telling this this historical, romanticized story of the South. But, you know, all the black people in America at the time they, when the movie came out, they're like, what the fuck is this? Like, this totally is, like, ignoring slavery, if not outright romanticizing it, like, glorifying it. You know, like, oh, yeah, it outright, outright yeah. glorified it. Yeah. Uh, like, all of the black characters were too stupid to take care of themselves. They all inexplicably kept working for the family. Yeah. With that, like, it was never explained, like, why are yeah. you still here? <laughs> One of the slaves even came back and went back into their service. Um, uh, I thought they all did. I thought, like, at least, like, Pork and Mammy did. By the way, those they, names. Like, it's hard for me even yeah. to say those names. Like, like Prissy, Oof. Pork, uh, Mammy. Ugh, boy. Like, it's... <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty terrible. The they part, kind of established that pretty early on, too. The part that I thought, like, the moment... Because for, for a while, it's such a famous movie... That for yeah. a while, I thought I was stupid. Like, I thought I was missing something. I was like, this is so over the top. Surely this is actually a satire. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so bad. This can't be real. Um, and it, it, the moment where I realized it was real was right before the uh, interlude. She, like, falls on her knees. And there's, like, this dolly shot with the sunrise in the background and she yells out like, I'll never be hungry again. And I was <laughs> yep. like, are you fucking serious? You owned slaves. <laughs> I'm supposed to feel sympathy for you? Yeah, right. Exactly. The entire movie, I was like, I, I really, Scarlet, I hate you. Like, I do, oh. I do not care what happens to you. I don't <laughs> feel bad for you. You get what's coming to you. Like, uh, Every time something bad happened to her, I cheered. It got to the point where I was watching it with my wife and she kept hitting me every time. I was like, yeah. <laughs> like those bandits tried to attack her and I was like, get her, get her, kill her dead. <laughs> Roll credits right now. <laughs> Please oh, let it be over. <laughs> okay. How much? So we're ab about seven minutes in. This is such a goddamn long movie, such a long plot. that I feel like I need to jump into it like right now just to, just to right, get started. Yeah, yeah. Speed through it, Tyler. You can Oof, do it. Okay, so I just so, so what happened? Uh, just a just a bit of a little uh, like rundown. I I just finished writing the synopsis like before we started recording, and like two thirds of the way through, I was like, I just gotta fuck like I gotta bullet point this like crazy because it's so long. There's so many like stupid shit happening that doesn't actually matter to the plot. That I like I just like boom 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 like and this happened and this happened and this happened and this happened. So get ready for that later on. All right. Okay. Gone with the wind. Uh, the main character of Scarlett O'Hara, played by Vivian Lee, Lay, I don't know, is the daughter of a cotton plantation owner in 1861, right before the dawn of the Civil War. The plantation is named Tara and is located in Georgia. So, we're all set. That's what happens. That's where we are. Scarlett finds out that her secret love, Ashley Wilkes, played by Leslie Howard, by the way, did anyone else find that a little funny? It's a man named Ashley, played by a man named Leslie. Come on, that's funny. Yeah, no? Okay. He's going to marry his cousin, <laughs> Melanie Hamilton, played by Olivia D. Haviland, uh, and shares the news of their engagement. Uh, I'm sorry. It's his he's going he's gonna to marry his cousin, and they're going to share the news of their engagement at the nearby plantation of Twelve Oaks. Um, yeah, I actually didn't really realize that until I started like looking up the plot and writing it all down. Like, I didn't realize that Melanie and Ashley were cousins. Did, did you guys know yeah, that? They... Was that obvious, or...? They say it. They say it a couple times. Yeah. Do they? I must have missed it. Like, I, I feel like I tuned out a good amount of this movie, too, where I'm just like, oh, please end. Oh, God. <laughs> it was right at the beginning when she was with those two twin suitors, and they were saying, like, hit Ashley's family, they all love to marry their cousins. Uh, oh, right. That, okay. I know what you're talking about. Uh, at the barbecue, Scarlett confesses her love to Ashley, but he says that he's more compatible with Melanie. Turns out that there was another dude hiding in the room during that conversation, <laughs> a sleazeball named Rhett Butler, played by Clark Gable, who was visiting from Charleston. Apparently, um, in the making Charleston. of this... Charleston. Also, no, nobody, in this, nobody in this movie had, like, a believable southern accent. You, you don't think, think so? so? No. Nobody. You would know. Nobody. It was awful. They all didn't <clears throat> try 
or one get the her dad had a fucking Irish accent. <laughs> like, well, they were Irish, right? Well, Scarlett's dad was Irish. I know. I just like, what is that? He had a shillelagh with him the whole time. Like, he couldn't be more like he wore green and had a shillelagh. He's like just screaming, "I'm Irish" all the time. Do you think he and, had a pot of gold somewhere? Oh yeah, definitely. Mm. And he also um, loved sugary Lucky Charms. <laughs> Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to derail you. No, please. That, I mean, that's the point of this, I guess, is to derail me every time, and then we talk about it, and I get back. It's a, it's a conversational podcast, you know. Kind of like every podcast ever made. <laughs> During the engagement party slash barbecue, news of a declaration of war against the North breaks out, and all the bloodthirsty guys leave immediately to go enlist. Like, they're all standing at a party, and they're like, war hot dog let's go and they all like fucking run out immediately to go fight in the war like they're so eager for war i don't know why like it's not like they were eager to it didn't seem like they were talking about oh we really need to fight for this cause like they, they did but they were like legitimately hungry for fighting they really wanted yeah. to fight they're like let's go to war because that shit is great this was not the only moment but it was the first moment where i really realize that i understand none of the motivations of any of the characters and why yeah. they're doing the things that they are doing like well they they took like a humongous like 800 page novel and tried to condense it into a movie like that too but like we're, we're all pretty similar the three of us like none of us want like we're not into guns we're not into fighting we're not like broy bro dudes so like None of this movie, like, I couldn't, like, Dev and I were talking about this earlier, like, we couldn't relate to anything, anybody or anything in this movie. It was so disconnected from, like, our, our lives or what we care about or just human emotions, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I thought um, uh, when you got far away from the racism there was some stuff about sort of romanticizing like the countryside of the South that resonated with me just cause it's where I grew up. Mm -hmm. uh, and I do think there's like a certain magic to like the rural South. Uh, but other than that, yeah, as far, as far as like a script writing, like nothing, nobody behaved in the way a human being would. Right. That's uh, exactly what I felt. Yeah. None of, none of the, the, I don't know if there were themes, but if there were themes, <laughs> I didn't feel like they were explored in very cogent ways. I felt like they were trying to get across a lot of themes and they all got muddled with each other. Yeah. I, I don't like, what's the theme kill Scarlet. Like <laughs> uh, one of them to me, take it how you will. I got blood and soil out of one of the themes, you know, like sounds terrible, but you know, they're like, we yeah, were I get born here. We own this land. This is ours forever. We like, we, we, we have a right to this land. Our blood's in it. You know, like Terra is your home. This is what you will care about above all other things. Like that seems very blood and soil to me. Where I was like, oh, I don't, mm, don't like this. Yeah, yeah. I it it whatever. I mean, we're not <laughs> reading the movies yet, so you can you can go on with your plot. I, I really didn't like this you? movie. Yeah, no, I, no, I just I like I'm having trouble containing my dislike <laughs> until the end. Wait. Nah, man, unbridled rage. Let's do it. I'm I'm better now. Okay, I'll, okay. I'll I'll let it out later. Past. <laughs> uh, while everyone is leaving, and Scarlet watches Ashley leave from afar, Melanie's younger brother Charles proposes to her. She says yes in order to make Ashley jealous. Again, Scarlet, I just hate you. Charles dies in pneumonia and measles. <laughs> like, that's pretty much like they 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 don't even I don't I don't remember them showing a marriage, but they're like, you want to get married? Okay, sure. And then like the next scene is like his letter from the military, like, oh, yeah. Charles is dead. And then Scarlet's just like, meh. All right, <laughs> time to move on. The thing yeah. she's most pissed about is that she has to wear mourning clothes because yeah. she doesn't think it like it. She's such an unlikable character. I don't want to wear black. I look too old and sad. Shut up, Scarlet. I'll kill you. <laughs> you know, she's supposed to be 16 at the beginning of this movie. Ugh. Yeah, I had to look that up. Because the entire beginning, I was like, how old is she supposed to be? I was wondering she's clearly that because like, of 
I was like, in how her... much time has passed during this movie? Because she looks exactly the same, but it feels like a decade has gone by. Which apparently it was had, a lot, like, right? It was like twelve years, right? Yeah, she uh, went she, the beginning of the movie. She's supposed to be sixteen, and I think she's twenty-eight by the end. No way, she looks twenty-five the entire time. Is that how old she was? <laughs> Actually, I don't know how old um, Vivian was. Vivian Lee, but she and for me, she looks twenty-five the entire movie. So I, I never like. Like, the middle of the movie, I'm like, okay, that looks right. And then, like, later on, I'm like, why does she still... Why does... Like, they had a kid, and now the kid's growing up, but everyone looks the same. That's weird. Uh, boop, 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 boop. Scarlet's mother sends Atlanta... Oh, God damn it. Mother, uh, Scarlet's mother sends her to Atlanta to cheer her up. Although the housemaid, Mammy, played by Hattie McDaniel, knows that Scarlet doesn't give a shit about Charles's death and is just going there to wait for Ashley to come home. Once in Atlanta, Scarlet runs into Rhett again at a charity dance, where women are being auctioned off for dances. Rhett bids big on Scarlet and gets to dance with her. Later on, Ashley returns for a Christmas furlough, kisses Scarlet secretly, and tells her it'll never work between them again. <laughs> Sending mixed signals there, buddy. Yep. <laughs> so that's twice now that they've kissed. Wait, no, I'm sorry. That's later on. So at first, he's kind of like, no, 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 I... I'm with Melanie. We were more compatible. And now he actually like kisses her under a porch, I think. But he's still like, I, I can't just leave Melanie. But he is definitely like leading, leading her along. Like, I want to be with you. I'd rather be with you. But I can't just leave Melanie. This is how it works. You know? What a jerk. So that makes me. He was kind of a jerk. I already. Yeah. So I already didn't like Scarlet. Um, now I don't like Ashley. Uh, Rhett already was a sleaze ball right up from right from the start like oh i was just hanging out in this couch back here like i was talking and uh, yeah he must have been just like lying down there for what yeah he was in the middle of a party like i'm gonna go lay down in this room by myself and i don't know um well he he left because he like pissed off all the people by saying they were stupid to go to war right that's right that's why he and left, they wanted yeah. to like duel him so he like left the room mm. um also tyler i looked it up and she was 25 through the whole movie Oh, wow, I nailed it. Yeah, you did. Okay, okay. Mm -mm 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 -mm. So, eight months after that, that secret kiss, uh, Atlanta falls to the Union Army. Scarlet and her house servant Prissy deliver Melanie's premature baby without any medical assistance and escape Atlanta with the help of Rhett. Along the way back to Terra... Rhett fucks off and goes to fight in the war and leaves the three women and a baby to find their way back home themselves. Uh, I thought that was a little strange where he's just like, uh, you guys got this, right? See you later. I'm out of here. Yeah, they'll be fine. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I mean, so like in this day and age, you could do that. I mean, like, you know. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't know if it was the, the the times or the way the movie was presenting it, but those three women and that baby seem so desperate that I'm like, why would you just leave them there? Like, I gotta go fight. So, uh, good luck, I guess. Like, you could be totally murdered or lose your way or whatever. Like, just not make it. But he's like, yep, yeah, bye. I got responsibilities. I guess. <laughs> All of a sudden, not the first time that he just decides to fuck off and leave. Yeah, I mean that's why uh, Scarlet was pissed off at him, right? Uh, she, I mean, she never liked him, really, to begin with. Yeah, but I think in particular that pissed her off because he just left them. I'm sure it did. Yeah, I don't remember that specific instance, like coming back to bite Rhett in the ass or anything like that, though. Unless I'm, unless I'm missing something. There's so much of this movie that I just fucking like, ugh, I just glazed over. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so the crew make it back to Terra to find Scarlet's mother has died, her father went crazy, and the whole place has been ransacked and deserted. Uh, Scarlet makes a vow to do anything necessary to survive. She has that very dramatic, like, I'll, I'll scrimp and survive, and I'll eat again, and I'll never be slightly poorer than I was before, <laughs> or, you know, not as rich as I was. This movie loved their sunset scenes. Yeah, how many? There was like three or four of them in the movie. I think this was early in Technicolor, wasn't it? Yeah, oh, it yeah. was. 
I think it was still a relatively new technology. They so were they very were excited about it. Showing it <laughs> off, yeah. I will say I thought it was a pretty cool-looking scene when Rhett does decide to leave, because the entire background was just red. It was red. The entire thing red. I thought yeah. it was really cool. Yeah, there were a couple of shots that I thought were kind of neat. Um, that scene where, where she's walking through all of the um, injured soldiers and stuff like that. Yeah, that, that was, was a cool shot. That was shot really well. Fun fact, there were 800 real people there, extras, and 800 dummies. Dummies? Huh. They were going to hmm. get 1,600 extras, but uh, there was actually, I forget what movie it was, but there was another movie being filmed that needed a ton of extras at the same time nearby. So they're like, fuck. They <laughs> ran out of extras. There was an extra shortage. So I actually knew that while I was watching, because I was doing the Amazon video thing where like, they give you like pop-up like little tidbits and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I watched that scene knowing that, and I could pick him out and like, real person, real person, <laughs> dummy, 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 real person, dummy, real person hanging out with the dummy. That's funny. Well, it's, it's actually, when you think about it, it's not a bad idea, right? Because like the whole point of that shot was it was supposed to, like, if half of them are dead, that's yeah. serving the purpose of that shot. Yeah. So like, if half of them aren't moving, as long as they're dressed well, not like clothing necessarily, but dressed in the sense of like the dummy looks real. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was a good. It was a good, like, smart way to pad out that scene. Mm. Let's um. Let's see. Where am I? I'm trying to find a good place to take a intervention here. Intermission. Yeah. When was the no intervention? Because uh, <laughs> one of us has a drinking problem. I'm not going to say who. You'll find out after the intermission. Welcome back from intermission. Even though that was very abrupt, I apologize. We are back. <laughs> I'm realizing, like, when I, when I went to intermission, I was first mulling it over, and then went like, "Let's do this!" Skirt. <laughs> I can drove right into that that turn. Uh, okay, so uh, where we left off. Let's see. But 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 Scarlet made it back to Terra. Everything was shit there. Her mom was dead. Her dad's crazy. Mm-mm-mm. oh and she makes the vow i think that's where it left off so yeah. she's like i will never be as poor as i am now i'm gonna be back on on the one percent and so o'hara uh the o'haras start working the cotton fields themselves to try to make ends meet which by the way this this gets brought up a bunch later on of like i had to work so hard after Terra <laughs> fell i had to actually be in the fields where i had all of my free labor do it but now oh. i had to do it myself oh the humanity fuck, fuck scott yeah. oh god damn it's such it. an unfair it. world out there yeah <laughs> it's, tough. it's tough being a white girl in uh pre-war south <laughs> uh Scarlet's father dies after he's thrown from his horse. Uh, he's chasing off some kind of ne'er do well. I forget, like some some like carpetbagger or something. Um, by the way, do you, do you, I never looked this up because I forgot? Do you guys know exactly what a carpetbagger is? Yeah, it's uh, somebody who came down from the north uh, during Reconstruction, and they would usually get positions of you know lots of power. Um, and would run little fiefdoms, and they were called carpetbaggers because most of the time they were so poor coming down from the north that they would have all of their belongings in a bag made of carpet. They did show one of those, and I was like, oh, that's a carpet bag. Okay, so it's literal. <laughs> yep. Yep. But I didn't exactly know what they were doing. So like, they're coming down from the north uh, to, you said sell like plots of land. Is that the whole like 40 acres and a mule thing? Yeah, so basically... Um, after the war, during Reconstruction, I forget the name of the government bureau, but they set up a like a Reconstruction bureau mm-hmm. that basically was in charge of all of the the states in the South. Yeah. Um, but it was really hard to convince people to move down to a very war stricken, you know, racist part of the country. 
so they generally got people who weren't like super, super qualified. So these people who were really poor up north would come down and take this super cushy government job with lots of power and get really rich off of the, the south. That's sort of like the the stereotype. So basically like failures up here were like, fuck, I'll move down south and make a killing off of these like more stricken people. Yeah, I mean, again, that's the stereotype. Like, my my ancestors were carpetbaggers. That's how some of my ancestors originally got into the South. Hmm. Um, so I'm inclined to believe that that's not entirely true. Inclined. No, I mean, <laughs> I'm, I I do this too often, but I'm talking in broad strokes. Yeah, like, obviously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, I, I should say that's like, that's sort of like the Southern mythos about what a carpetbagger is. Is there like these ne'er-do-wells who basically came down after the war to leech all of the wealth and prosperity out of the South. Yeah. But I did, I did like the cartoony, like they literally had bags made out of the carpet. I thought it was pretty great. Cause I'm a child and I like big cartoony <laughs> in your face. Like no subtext here. <laughs> they call them carpet baggers and they have bags made of carpet. <laughs> Neat. How outrageous. <laughs> How salacious. <laughs> Uh, okay, so Ashley returns to once again kiss Scarlet, lead her on, and then say he can't leave Melanie. What a dick. Uh, Scarlet dupes her younger sister's fiancé, Frank Kennedy, into marrying her for financial gain. Mm-hmm. Because Scarlet is also a dick. Uh, Scarlet gets attacked one night while riding through a shanty town. Frank, Rhett, and Ashley make a night raid on the shantytown, and Frank is killed in the process. Scarlet doesn't really care. Uh, Rhett almost immediately proposes to Scarlet. It was like during the funeral or like right afterwards. I forget, but it was like she was in black, and he was like, marry me. And she goes, okay, again, for money. Because Scarlet sucks, <laughs> and Rhett sucks. <laughs> oh, Everyone sucks yeah. in this movie. <laughs> I have to say, uh, this part was pretty bad. He he got pretty, um, no, lots of parts were really bad, and he got very rapey sometimes, and the movie treated it like romance. Rapey? Uh, no, he literally marital rapes Scarlet. In fact, yeah. I haven't gotten to that part yet, but I wrote it like. Oh, but I, I will say, like, for, there's a point in the movie where I was like, "All right, Rhett, you're an asshole." but I enjoy the type of asshole that you are. Not the rape part, but uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I think it mostly was just the part where Scarlett told him she didn't want to have sex with him anymore. Hey, Matt, why don't you go hang and out she... with your friend Weinstein and uh, Pulaski <laughs> over here? Oh, man. And, and she says, like, I'm going to lock the door, and he straight up kicks the door in, and he goes, if I want to come in, there's no door that'll keep me out. And yeah. I was like, yeah, fuck you, Scarlet. <laughs> Actually, you don't deserve to get raped, but I do hate you. I think that was before the rape. Because like at that point, I, I was I, still uh, like, yeah, Rhett's my guy. He's the fucking like, Han Solo of the movie. Badass. Yeah, and he like kicks the door, and he's like, he's like, I let you stay in there because I let you. No door is going to keep me out. It's the... <laughs> It's the 1800s. Everything's made out of fucking wood. I can just kick it right in. <laughs> and then he like grab, he like takes a takes a swig out of the whiskey and throws a fucking glass at a portrait of Scarlet. It's great. Yeah. Um, yeah it's just and a then bad he dude. And I was like, you know what, dude? I'm not on your side anymore. <laughs> I never liked him. No. I thought he was. Yeah, he was, he didn't take it like the way he didn't take anything seriously was annoying. Any hoozles. Um. Yeah. Back to. Uh, the the butler guy, <laughs> Mister but <laughs> Mister Butler. Um, yeah, I didn't I didn't like him at all. I thought he was just kind of douchey throughout the whole the whole thing. I couldn't I actually, tell. I liked him at first. I liked him for a long time up until uh, um up until he like leaves like the whole crew and decides to go fight for whatever reason. I thought in the beginning. When he was first introduced, I thought we weren't supposed to like him. Well, Scarlet's not supposed to like him, but I, I found him, like, endearing at first. I get I get what they're trying to do with him. Like, they're trying to make him the only character that's, like, really honest about who he is and what he wants. Yeah. And that, like, people think he's a dick for that. But, like, in the end, he kind of is a dick. <laughs> no, he right. absolutely is. Yeah, yeah, because he, he, like, looks through Scarlet, and he's like, look, I know what you're like. I know what you're doing. 
And that's fine. I'm like that too. I do what I want and I say what I want. That's what you're doing, even though sometimes you put on airs because you have to because that's what women do in this day and age. I get it. You and I are one of a one of a kind. We're two of a feather, you know, like we should we should be together and she's like, Fuck you. I don't like you. <laughs> yeah. But Romance I, at its finest. But I get that. Like so like I I was like, Okay, I like him. He doesn't play games, he sees right through the bullshit, he just says things like it is. I, I like to do that, even though it gets me in trouble a lot of times. Like, I get it. But then I remember, like, he's prof- he's a war profiteer off of, off of the South, you know? Like, he doesn't care about, you know, slavery. Like, it doesn't bother him, doesn't care. You know, like, oh, yeah, he's into he's into Mammy, you know, thinks she's, like, the most, like, you know, says some nice things about her later on. Like, oh, she's the only person's respect I want to gain. But, like, at the end of the day, he never gave a shit about people being slaves, you know, like doesn't care about the war. That sense of duty felt really like fake to me. Like I almost felt like he didn't go and fight and he just like made it up. But then everyone calls him Captain Butler later on. So I'm like, okay, I guess he did. Um, yeah. Like I, at first I liked him and then like slowly over time, I'm like, fuck, I don't, damn it. I don't like you at all. Like you who don't was, have a heart of gold. Who was the intended audience for this movie? I don't know. Racist people in the South who wanted to bemoan the fall of the Confederacy. Is that what it was for? That's what it felt like. And Mm -hmm. I just didn't think that something like that could be. Well, I mean, the movie's called Gone with the Wind. And that the thing that is gone with the wind is the old South. The thing that should be gone with the wind. The thing that should never existed. Yeah, I mean, the text right at the beginning of the movie was like, uh, what it's like. That that land or that culture of gentility is or and and nobility is gone with the wind. Yep. And you're like, what the fight? Slaves, <laughs> bitches. I feel like slaves. I feel like we're gonna have zero uh, neo Confederate listeners <laughs> after this episode. No, I'm we... I'm totally comfortable alienating a whole group of people because fuck them. You know what I mean? Like it's not about that war was not about states' rights. It wasn't. It was about slavery, plain and simple. I mean, I think it was a complicated, like, I coming in the South, like, I don't have as monochromatic a view of it as you guys, but, like, yeah, it was a lot about slaves. And even if it wasn't entirely about slaves, like, that's enough. they own fucking slaves. Yeah. Like, how is this a conversation that we're having? Like, we can roll a whole bunch of other stuff in there, which we, you know, which they did. But, like, the main point, the main thing is slavery. <laughs> you know, not cool. Yeah, real not cool. <laughs> <laughs> Not great, guys. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> okay. Um, boop, boop, boop. Uh, so they get married, and they have a daughter named Bonnie Blue Butler. Fucking strangle <laughs> me. Uh, Ashley's sister catches Ashley and Scarlett hugging each other and spreads rumors about them. Uh, her name is India. Weird name. Um. Rhett gets pissed and forces Scarlett to go to Ashley's birthday party, knowing that Melanie will never believe the rumors and back Scarlett up publicly. So basically, Rhett was like, Scarlett, everyone knows about you and Ashley now, but Melanie is such a fucking dope and, and has such a, such a kind heart and cannot see evil in other people's hearts that she's going to back you up in public, which is going to dispel all these rumors so we can keep being married without shit being spread about us. Which was another knock against Rhett. Was like, God damn it, dude! Like, really? You're gonna do this? Like, you're gonna you're gonna like rip your wife out of bed and like force like put her into a dress and force her in, into this lie? So you're like you're further manipulating this Melanie chick who you like later on say, oh, she has the kindest heart I've ever met. But like, but you're gonna exploit it. Thanks a lot, guy. Like, well, I thought I I mean I could have misunderstood the scene, but like the way I understood it was he was forcing her to go there not because he thought Melanie would let her off the hook, but because he thought Melanie deserved to, like, dress her down in public. I figured it was the opposite. I mean, you just said it, but, like, where she wasn't going to, like, she wasn't going to back her up. She she was going to back her up out of, like, she honestly thought nothing happened. These are all rumors. Well, I think, I think in the end that's what happened because she did back her up, and I think it was because she couldn't. Do you think he was doing that? as a punishment like you go there and you face the music yeah I, that's how i interpreted it yeah but I, I, I thought it was the same way that matt matt's describing it you could be right and she just 
because this entire movie existed to like make Scarlet not ever have to pay for any of her decisions. Uh, she she got off the hook. Of course. Well, I guess she did at the end, but even then it ends with this weird hopeful note of like, I'll get my husband. Like, and then it was like this weird misogyny thing, which is like, there's misogyny rampant through the entire movie, but that pales in comparison to all the racism in it. So like, I kind of didn't pay attention too much to it until <sighs> the rape scene. <laughs> so. All right. So like, let's focus on the one positive part of these characters in this movie during this part of the movie, which was, um, Rhett, uh, not Scarlet, but Rhett was like a really decent and loving father. It seems like, yes, the scenes with his daughter were the scenes where I was most on board with him, where I was like, I get it. I get what you're about. I have not agreed with every decision you've made. But like I see a, a a bare minimum of goodness in you. <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. But yeah, that's true. He he was a really like caring father. Um. I'll be honest. I wasn't really paying attention to it at that point. I was just. <laughs> I was I was writing no, off I, most of the film <laughs> at that stage. This was this was like like Bonnie didn't show up until like three hours in. So at that point, you're like, God damn it, movie! Please, would you just wrap <laughs> up or say something interesting? Did you guys watch this all in one sitting? No, yes, I did. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Oof! It yeah. was. What do you think it was like going to the theaters and watching this thing all the way through? Well, they had like breaks like actual breaks and stuff that's true they had the interlude yeah. it was like in, but still that's only like 15 minutes or something and then you have to go back and sit down for the rest of this godforsaken piece of shit yeah, yeah that, seriously that, i mean, well, I mean I imagine at the that's time like a in the 30s trip. people were like well fuck black people who cares this movie's great <laughs> it's got technicolor yeah <laughs> look at those sunsets <laughs> yeah it did obnoxiously well i can't even imagine i i saw i don't know how how true this is but um Someone calculated that based off the number of tickets that were sold for theater shows and the actual population of the United States at the time, that some like 70% of the United States actually went and saw this movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's if if you um, if you adjust for inflation, this movie is still the highest grossing movie ever made. That seems insane. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Like, audiences, uh, when this was made, were racist. Mm -hmm. And, uh, uh, okay, fine, whatever. Like, I understand why this was a commercial and, and, and um, critical success when it came out. My question is, like, why is this still on so many best, best film lists? The history. I don't know. It's poorly made. It's racist as shit. It's sexist as shit. It has a fucking rape scene between the two people that were supposed to be like shipping the entire movie. But like even you know what I mean. Like for yeah. me, like even if you take out all of the the social issues of it, take out the racism, take out the misogyny, uh, you know, uh, take out the classism, like all of it. If you take that all away, it's still a fucking shitty story <laughs> where all these people yeah. are like, all their motivations don't like like I, I don't care about them it's it's just this weird love story about this whiny this whiny woman who's just like i want things my way i want to be rich again i'm gonna yeah. marry and fuck <laughs> and kill all these people i don't care to get my way and then at the end she like loses it all and then so i thought like okay cool so the world you know like fate gets a one-up on on scarlet and she's like no and then she has this like weird like hopeful moment at the end i'm like i don't want hope for you i want you to fucking die miserable i hate you I hate so everybody guy, here like the actor who played mr butler i, I can't recall his name right now Rhett 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 butler no the, the actor Clark oh, Hayden. yeah, but I'm saying that you keep calling him Mr. Butler. Oh, that's what I called him when I was watching the movie, so. <laughs> oh. It's Mr. Butler. Yeah, fun fact, uh, because uh, I grew up with probably more money than I should have had, my sister has a horse, and his name is Rhett Butler. Are you serious? Really? Yeah. Wow. She didn't yeah. really, really into this movie? No, she didn't name him. She bought him when he was, like, a little bit older. I but think someone that's the most southern thing you've ever told me. Yeah. <laughs> I do what I can. <laughs> Thanks for that contribution. Anyways, apparently the actor who played Rhett uh, really didn't like the movie. 
Really? Yeah. Um, but not for the reasons you think. Um, he thought it was a girly flick, and he almost <laughs> he almost dropped out because he had to do a crying scene. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I well, so that does paint him in kind of a shitty light. But uh, when the movie was premiering um, in Atlanta. Hattie McDaniel, who plays Mammy, wasn't allowed to go because it was still segregated there. And Clark Gable... So, th- th- I I don't know exactly how much is true, but the story is Clark Gable was going to boycott the premiere and just not go and say, like, fuck you guys, this is racist as shit, I don't like this. But then Hattie McDaniel herself uh, convinced him to go, like, look... I get it and I appreciate it, but you should just go. This movie's bigger than us. Like whatever. Like just just go see the movie. Like go to the premiere. So we did. I don't know how much of that is true. It's all kind of like hearsay, but that is like uh, cool. I guess <laughs> you know that he did that. Also, another fun fact: Hattie McDaniel, first African American to ever win uh, an Academy Award for this movie. So that's cool. Oh. All right, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make up for it. This movie still sucks. <laughs> I mean, her role was incredibly like demeaning. But what, what I, award? I forget who it was, but like you know, like a um, there's a couple of prominent um, like uh, African American like speakers. You know, at, at the time, you know, like you know, pre Malcolm X or whatever, basically calling her an Uncle Tom for doing that movie. Mm. And portraying that character. What award did she win? Uh, best supporting actor, hmm. best supporting role. Hmm. Uh, let's just finish this shit up. So they have a daughter named Bonnie Blue Butler. Uh, spreads rumors. Uh, they go to the party. Rhett gets jealous over Ashley. Gets drunk and rapes Scarlet. Scarlet doesn't seem to mind the next day. She's totally like ah. Your dick was great, and I don't mind that I didn't want it at first. I was like, you know what? This is pretty cool, I guess. And Way to go, director. <laughs> yeah, and then Brett's like, yo, I'm really sorry about that. I uh, just drank a whole lot. She's like, I get it. I think You're just a guy. I think that's the real offender, is the fact that she normalized it and made it okay afterwards. Yeah. I I don't I mean I don't think that's like a fault with the character I think that's a fault with the writing yeah right. that's what I mean think that that's like that the next morning she would just be like oh man thanks for the sex buddy at first I was like no way but then I was like this is pretty great <laughs> <laughs> have you guys ever read the Fountainhead no heard of it I've never actually seen it or read, it's I'm sorry by Ayn, Ayn Rand like the really uh, crazy conservative thinker not objectionist yeah. um objectivist Ob- objectivist yeah yeah um. And there's like a whole section where the protagonist is, I think it's the Fountainhead, it might be Atlas Shrugged, whichever book it is, where the protagonist is a woman and she keeps talking about how like she had to be raped by like the messianic figure in the book because like he had to take it and to own it and like, because that's what a man is. And I was just like, fuck this. (laughs) Just, I was reminded of that, of like, of these stories where women are like enjoy the rape, which like fair enough. Some people have rape fantasies, but like, that's not. I don't know. It's just upsetting that this isn't. There's like, a clear line, I think. Yeah, this is such a, a famous movie, and that wasn't a fantasy. She straight up got raped by her husband, See? and then afterwards, everybody was like, "That was awesome! Way to go, Rhett Butler! You hero of a man." You sly dog, you. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Fuck you. You're a rapist. See, that, like, that's the thing. Like a fantasy is a fantasy. Like there are murder fantasies, there are rape fantasies, and the whole point is it's taboo. That's the titillation, not depictions in movies or or TV shows where they normalize the actual act. Like it wasn't like it was two people having this kind of role playing like fun thing, and they had the safe word or whatever, and they're like, "Isn't the isn't rape fantasies fun?" They're like, "No." He raped her, and then she was like, that's cool. Kind of, like, showing the world, like, no, it's fine. He's just being a man, and that happens sometimes. Yeah. Like, If you get drunk, just rape your wife. God. Everybody's happy. Yeah, I was just talking to Devin earlier. Like, I hate that, that whole idea. I hate, like, the whole, like, gender role thing in general. Like, that, like, 
men have to be manly and take charge and women have to like follow along and like they're they're, they're into that you know like i hate that shit so much yep yep Rhett leaves London with Bonnie for a while. Again, I don't really, I don't know why. He comes back. Yeah, I was not expecting London to show up in this movie. <laughs> yeah. So this, is, this is two of my homes in my life. Where you're like, hey, there's a painting of Big Ben, Big ben back there. London! <laughs> <laughs> that, that's all, there was one room and they had Big Ben in the background. That was London. Yeah. That movie. Can you say soundstage? Yeah. Uh... So he comes back with Bonnie because Bonnie misses her mom. Scarlet reveals that she's pregnant again. She falls down some stairs and has a miscarriage. Bonnie gets thrown from a horse and dies. Melanie dies from a pregnancy complication. Rhett sees Scarlet consoling Ashley and decides that now he's had enough. Now, even though he's known that she's been in love with Ashley the entire time, now is too much and he leaves. And then he does the whole Scarlet's like, what will I do? Where will I go? And he's like, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. And walks out the door. And then Scarlet makes another vow, just like before the intermission <laughs> war. She's like, I'll get Tara back. I will go back to you know where my priorities lie. And I will get Rhett back into my life because I need a man. Fucking. <laughs> the end, finally. Like after four fucking hours what, what? of this goddamn movie. <laughs> oh, God. I'm tired just from Who listening to, go to that first? again. <laughs> Let's go into ratings. I'll rate it first. I'll give it a two. I wow. give it two points for historic uh, relevancy as not... It glorifies actual history, but because it's a movie and I just learned about movie history, I'll give it two <laughs> points. If I had to, based on how much I enjoy the movie, I would give it a zero. <laughs> Even though it's a scale of one to ten, I'll yep. give it a zero. But I'll give it two points because I'm glad that I actually have it I feel well, like more well-rounded. Yep. If nothing else, you can say like, if somebody brings this up in conversation, you can say like, "Oh yeah, I fucking hate that movie." (laughs) Right. Instead of like, I don't know what you're talking about. I can actually say like, "Yeah, yeah, Gone with the Wind." I know what you're talking about. Fucking sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck that movie. (laughs) Uh, you want me to go next? Sure. Yeah. Um. So I watched part of this with Jackie. Uh, that's my wife, for those of you at home. Um, uh, and she pointed out, and I, I have to admit, that the sets and the costumes were all top-notch. They were. Yeah. Like, the, the production values on the movie were really good. There were a couple interesting shots. Um I thought the acting was terrible, almost uniformly. I thought the writing was just of a level not seen this side, this, you know. Of the Mississippi. Yeah, like, I, I just, it was so bad. Everything was so bad from a storytelling and an acting point of view. Um, So I guess, like, three, 2.5, three, something like All that. Right. Hmm. Very generous. Devin, what do you think? Oh, um, I'll give it a two. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, for all the reasons that, that both of you guys said, it was not good. <laughs> <Overall>. <laughs> I thought that there were a couple of shots that I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Um, and I, I thought there was some relevance as far as, you know, it's a historical movie about a historical time. And I was like, that's interesting, not necessarily to learn from a factual standpoint, but just kind of get some insight. Uh but yeah, overall, not enjoyable for ninety-eight percent of the film. So yeah, two. Yeah, yeah. I would liken this movie to a root canal, where it's like it's got to be done. <laughs> I feel good afterwards, uh, but the process really was painful and long, and um, I had to go. Uh, I had to do it in a couple of sessions because one would be just too much. And uh, but at the end of the day, I'm like, wow, I'm glad I did that because, like, um, you know, I got to. I got a new tooth in there that looks good, and like I feel a little, little better. I can chew a little easier, but uh, boy, that sucks, and I wouldn't do it again, and I wouldn't wish it on anybody else, you know? Under what circumstances would you guys watch this movie again? None. Like, um, even if there was like a cute girl that was like, this is my favorite movie, it gets me in the mood, will you watch like it? Like, all four hours, one sitting? 
Yeah. Oh, fuck no, that. Because I would say, <laughs> I would be like, <laughs> like all of her attractiveness, attractiveness would go out the window. I'm like, you like this movie, A, fuck you. And B, um, that's four hours of my life I'll never get back again. Yeah, not And worth I've it. seen this already. So like, <laughs> if, if you're, if, if this is the, if this is like the requirement to have sex with you, then goodbye. I'm out of here. <laughs> So what what is like the dollar amount that you would put on being made to watch this movie again? <laughs> I mean, realistically, yeah. Well, I mean, what's my I mean, time worth, right? <laughs> mine's pretty. Low. I think I mean, you'd I would do, do it, it for like hundred bucks, just because like pfft, I'd watch anything. Like I was about to say. Like. <laughs> I was about to say a hundred. I I would guess that you would both do it for a hundred. Yeah. Devin maybe is a little more choosy. Maybe like two hundred. Yeah, I think it'd take at least two hundred. I wouldn't do it for hundred bucks. Hundred and fifty. Hundred and fifty. Yeah, you'd think. About I'd think it. about it. It depends on what I'm doing. <laughs> what about you, Matt? Uh, fuck. Uh, a hundred. Yeah, I'd do it for a hundred. Yeah, put that in my savings. I'm not proud of that fact, but that's. I think that's my number. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just a hundred bucks just isn't enough. Like, I'd rather just go to work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. I think I would Fair I would enough. actually rather work for 4 hours than sit and watch this movie for 4 hours. Me too. Yeah, I enjoy my job better than <laughs> watching this movie. Oh yeah, I enjoy root canals more than I enjoy <laughs> this movie. Okay, so now that we've gotten this out of our systems, we don't have to ever talk about it again. Oh god. Uh, Matt, Matt, you're on deck. What's the uh what's our next movie? Yeah, so uh, we're going to watch Eight and a Half by Fellini. I've never Eight heard of that. Me neither. Would, would you like Wikipedia's uh, description? Sure. Yeah, give me a little bit. I don't know uh, what's So about. it's it's uh, it, it's like a little autobiographical for Fellini. Troubled Italian filmmaker Guido Anselmi, Anselmi struggles with creative stasis as he attempts to get a new movie off of the ground. Overwhelmed by his work and personal life, the director retreats into his thoughts, which often focus on his loves, both past and present, and frequently wander into fantastical territory. As he tries to sort out his many entanglements, romantic and otherwise, and Selmy finds his production becoming more and more autobiographical. Hmm. So it's supposed to be a film about like the creative process. Hmm. Okay. Sounds interesting. Sounds interesting. Jinx. You owe me a Coke. I'm not buying you a Coke. You better fucking I, I don't follow the rules. <laughs> You're a real Rhett Butler, right? All Red right, man, Tyler. Oh. Real scallywag. Roll the outro music. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, I didn't like this movie because it sucks, because it sucks, because it sucks, <laughs> and it was racist. <laughs> <laughs> gone with the wind it was really bad we didn't have fun it was long and it felt bad <laughs> cool alright bye everybody bye